Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're not able to open up the flowing lines because we're still waiting on a part to come in. Uh, be patient. We're going to bless you tremendously with today's topic, and we thank KKVV for everything that they're doing to try to get the phone lines up. However, we do have Internet access, so you can see us being streamed live over the Internet. I like to call it the GodNet, uh, video and audio at KKVV's website, which is www.kkvv.com. Again, that's www.kkvv.com. We're also being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs' website, and our website is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, please feel free to go to our website again, www.savethelostlv.org, and select the date or any of the uh, broadcasts that you'd like to listen to and be blessed. The gospel is always free on our watch. We are also being archived, excuse me, archived, at iTunes. So if you have an Apple device, you can go to iTunes and you'll be able to listen to Save the Lost at All Costs for free as well. Again, the gospel, we believe, is free. It shouldn't be charged, so we're not charging. If you have a cell phone, and most of you do, you can always listen to KKVV on your cell phone. And that number that you would dial would be one 800 uh, excuse me, let me say that again. It is 1-563-999-3164. I say again, that cell number that you can dial to listen to KKVV is 1-563-999-3194. You can dial it right now and listen in. And I suggest that you lock it in as one of your cell phone contacts because it will bless you tremendously. And please share it with other people. I mean, that's truly a blessing that KKVV is making that available. Uh, Pastor Terry is not here with us today. Um, I'm asking that you keep him in prayer, that he will be feeling better very soon, and we'll be able to continue with part three of what we were talking about for the last two Sundays. But in that he's not here, we are going to put a pause on that, and we are going to go into another direction. And today we're going to be talking about Jeremiah 23. Just simply Jeremiah 23. We're going to look at that whole chapter. So let me give you some background on who Jeremiah is. Jeremiah was a prophet. Now, um, this is coming out of my New King James uh, Study Bible. And I think it's pretty uh, 
insightful, and I'd like to share it with you. It says, what is success? Most definitions include references to achieving goals and acquiring wealth, prestige, favor, and power. Successful people enjoy the good life, being financially and emotionally secure, being surrounded by admirers, and enjoying the fruits of their labors. They are leaders, opinion makers, and trendsetters. Their example is emulated in their accomplishments are noticed. They know who they are and where they are going, and they strive confidently to meet their goals. By these standards, Jeremiah was a miserable miserable failure. For 40 years, he served as God's spokesman to Judah. But when Jeremiah spoke, nobody listened. Consistently and passionately, he urged them to act, but nobody moved. And he certainly did not attain material success. He was poor and underwent severe deprivation to deliver his prophecies. He was thrown into prison and into a cistern, and he was taken to Egypt against his will. He was rejected by his neighbors, his family, the false priests and prophets, friends, his audience, and the kings. Throughout his life, Jeremiah stood alone, declaring God's messages of doom and announcing the new covenant, and weeping over the fate of his beloved country. In the eyes of the world, Jeremiah was not a success, but in God's eyes, Jeremiah was one of the most successful people in all of history. Success, as measured by God, involves obedience and faithfulness. Regardless of opposition and personal account costs, Jeremiah courageously and faithfully proclaimed the word of God. He was obedient to his calling. Jeremiah's books begin with his call to be a prophet. The next 38 chapters are prophecies about Israel the nation united, and Judah, the southern kingdom. Chapters 2 through 20 are generally are general and undated, and chapters 21 through 39 are particular and dated. The basic theme of Jeremiah's message is simple. Repent and turn to God, or he will punish. Because the people rejected the warning, Jeremiah then began predicting the destruction of Jerusalem. The terrible event is described in chapter 39. Chapters 40 through 45 describe events following Jerusalem's fall. The book concludes with prophecies concerning a variety of nations. Chapters 46 through 52, as you read, Jeremiah feel with him as he agonizes over the message he must deliver. Pray with him for those who refuse to respond to the truth and watch his example of faith and courage. Then commit yourself to being successful in God's eye. Wow powerful. Uh, We can really relate as to what's going on in today's time with what Jeremiah had to see. And a lot of us are feeling very, very uh, crushed and agonizing over what's going on in the world today. So I hope that uh, Jeremiah 23 will bless you. Uh, It will strengthen you. It will empower you to know that God's got it. And that you just need to stay at your post. So again, we're going to look at Jeremiah 23. So um, also during Jeremiah's ministry, uh, this is when this was written approximately 627 to 586 B.C. And um, he actually prophesied to the last uh, five kings of the southern kingdom. And uh, basically it's taking place uh, in, in Jerusalem. But uh, you have Ramal, you have Egypt, and um, the special features of the book of Jeremiah is a combination of history, poetry, and bibliography. Jeremiah often uses symbolism to communicate his message. All right, so he's urging people to repent, 
and to turn back to God. A very right now message. So let's go to Jeremiah 23. So, I'm going to look at the first eight verses, and then I'll go to the next set of verses. And we're going to try to, you know, break this down so that you can appreciate it. And I'm going to do the entire book of uh, chapter 23 of Jeremiah and then uh, go back and break it down. Then, I, like I said, I'll take the first eight verses and go from there. Amen. So I'm in the New King James Version and the word of God says this. First one, woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastor, says the Lord Two, Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel against the shepherds who feed my people. You have scattered my flock, driven them away and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for the evil of your doings, says the Lord. Verse 3, but I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them and back and, and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. Verse 4, I will set up shepherds over them whom will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. 5. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper, and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. 6. And his days... In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord of righteousness. Seven, therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that they shall no longer say as the Lord lives, who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. Eight, but as the Lord lives, who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all countries where I have driven them. And they shall dwell in their own land. Nine, my heart within me is broken because of the prophets and my bones shake. I am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine has overcome because of the Lord and because of his holy words. Ten, for the land is full of adulterers. For because of a curse the land mourns, the pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up. Their course of life is evil, and their might is not right. 11. For both prophet and priest are profane. Yes, in my house I have found their wickedness, says the Lord. 12. Therefore their way shall be to them like slippery ways. In the darkness they shall be driven on and fall in them. For I will bring disaster on them. The year of their punishment, says the Lord. 13. And I have seen folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied by Baal and caused my people, Israel, to err. 14 and I shall see I have seen a horrible thing in the prophets of Jerusalem they commit adultery and walk in lies they also strengthen the hand of evil doers so that no one turns back from his wickedness and all of them are like Sodom to me and her inhabitants like Gomorrah. 15. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, Behold, I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of gall. For 
from the prophets of Jerusalem, profaneness has gone out into all the land. 16, thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. 17, they continually say to those who despise me, the Lord has said, you shall have peace. And to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his heart, excuse me, to the dictates of his own heart, they say, no evil shall come upon you. 18, for who has stood in the counsel of the Lord and has perceived and heard his word? Who has marked his word and heard it? 19. Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord has gone forth in fury, a violent whirlwind, and it will fall violently on the head of the wicked. 20. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and performed the thoughts of his heart in the latter days you will understand it perfectly 21 i have not sent these prophets yet they ran i have not spoken to them yet they prophesied 22 but if they have stood in my counsel and have caused my people to hear my words then they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doing 23 am i a god near at hand says the lord and not a God far or off. Let me repeat that. 23. Am I a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God afar off? 24. Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not feel heaven and earth, says the Lord? 25. I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesied lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed. I have dreamed. 26. How long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart. 27. Who tried to make my people forget my name by their dreams? Which everyone tells his neighbor as their father forgot my name for Baal. 28. The prophet who has dreamed, let him tell a dream. And he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chafe to the wheat, says the Lord? 29. Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces? 30. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, said the Lord, who steal my words. Everyone from his neighbor. 31. Behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord. Who use their tongues and say, he says, 32, behold, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, says the Lord, and tell them and cause my people to err by their lies, by their recklessness. Yet I did not send them or command them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, says the Lord, 33. So when these people or the prophet or the priest ask you, saying, what is the oracle of the Lord? You shall then say to them, what oracle? I will even forsake you, says the Lord, 34, and as for the prophet and the priest and the people who say the oracle of the Lord, I will even punish that man in his house. 35, thus every one of you shall say to his neighbor and 
everyone to his brother. What has the Lord answered? And what has the Lord spoken? 36. And the oracle of the Lord you shall mention no more. For every man's word will be his oracle. For you have perverted the words of the living God and the Lord of hosts, our God. 37. Thus you shall say to the prophet, What has the Lord answered you? And what has the Lord spoken? 38. But since you say the oracle of the Lord, therefore thus says the Lord, because you say this word, the oracle of the Lord, and I have sent to you saying, do not say the oracle of the Lord. 39. Therefore behold, I, even I, would utterly forget you and forsake you in the city that I gave you and your fathers and will cast you out of my presence. 40. And I will bring an everlasting reproach upon you as a perpetual shame which shall not be forgotten. That was Jeremiah 23. All right. So let's get back to the first eight verses. And the word of God says this, verse one, woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastor, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel against the shepherds who feed my people. You have scattered my flock, driven them away and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for the evil of your doing, says the Lord. Verse 3, but I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their folds and they shall be fruitful and increase. Verse 4, I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed nor shall they be lacking says the Lord. 5. Behold the days are coming says the Lord that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. 6. In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord of righteousness. Seven. Therefore behold the days are coming says the Lord that they shall no longer say as the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. Eight. But as the Lord lives who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all all the countries where I have driven them and they shall dwell in their own land. I mean powerful. So let's get right down to it. Now Jeremiah refers to the bad leaders of Judah as pastors. The Hebrew word translated here is Raha. It usually is rendered shepherd or herdsman. It is used 144 times in the Old Testament verses, but only translates pastor in eight of those verses. And they are all in Jeremiah. As a matter of fact, the same Hebrew word is translated shepherds in verse four. He's addressing the leadership of Judah, both civil and spiritual prophets and priests. Prophets are addressed by name 17 times in this chapter and priests three times. They have led Judah astray with their godless leadership. When the fall of Judah as given in verse 2. Verse 2 reads again, Therefore thus says the Lord God of Israel against the shepherds who feed my people. You have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for the evil of your doings, says the Lord. Now, 
Jeremiah prophecy declares that a new leadership team will be put in place. A new group of faithful pastors are headed up by the Messiah. These verses are clearly speaking to the yet future, the millennium in terms of Israel's restoration. The prophecy will happen. We're upon Christ's return. And we can go to Matthew 19:28 to see that this is a glimpse of what Christ's new leadership team is to come. Now, we can see right here in verse 3, it says, But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their foes, and they shall be fruitful, increase, and increase. It says, For I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. 5. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness, a king shall reign and prosper, and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth six in his day in his days judah will be saved and israel will dwell safely now this is his name for which he will be called the lord of righteousness seven therefore behold the days are coming says the lord that they shall no longer say as the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who brought up and led the descendants of the house of Israel from the north country and from all countries where I have driven them, and they shall dwell in their land. The Lord of righteousness, that's our Lord and Savior. That is Jesus Christ. That is one of his names. And when you look at the scriptures, you will see that King, the K is capitalized, and you and that would be in verse 5 and, and verse 6, uh, it says, and his days, the H is capitalized. And when we go back to verse five, it said, I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. We know that in Jesus's genealogy that he is from uh, the branch of David. Amen. So let's go look at Matthew nineteen twenty-eight, and let's see what the word of God says. You have to be really, really blessed by Jeremiah. I mean, just the mere tenacity, the obedience, the faithfulness that he had, and and nobody listened. You know, nobody uh, encouraged him, but he was so encouraged by the Lord. I mean, that is tremendous. He stayed on his post, you know, despite all the negativism that's out there, all the criticism. You know, those uh, people that were his family. Can you imagine his own bloodline? Uh, turned their back on him you know you expect uh, strangers to do that but his own family uh, did that and he was not dismayed um, you know hurt by it but you know had all the resolve in the world so uh, the, the hurt was fleeting at at most because he understood uh, the greater picture he understood the greater mission and he wanted them to be saved I mean, can you love somebody, you know, with that intensity, with that integrity, with that obedience, that to keep uh, speaking the word of God to them and over their lives and not sugarcoating it? You know, that's what you have to really understand about Jeremiah. He didn't sugarcoat anything. He didn't give them flowery uh, platitudes and, you know, oh, you know, everybody and everything is going to be great and, you know, we, we love God and it's just going to be fabulous. No. He really uh, pointed out to them that their behavior and their uh, rebellion and their just uh, sinful nature by their choice, what was which was going to lead to their destruction. They had wrote their own, uh, you know, death warrant, if you will. Uh, they were having spiritual deaths, and it was going to lead to not only a spiritual death, which was being um, actually portrayed. 
for the physical death. And more so than that, they were going to be totally separated from God. You live a life. You call yourself righteous because you're in right standing or you believe in a relationship with God. And for what? And to do this and to live like this, to only be separated from him, your words are empty. You don't have a living faith. You have a dead faith. It's just information. You know, as far as they were concerned, what Jeremiah was preaching to them was just information. They didn't act on the information. When you don't act on the information, your faith is dead. Jeremiah displayed and demonstrated a living faith. He believed. He believed unto death. So your faith is not activated until you are willing to step out of all your comfort zones and believe on the word of God. You believe that Jesus is who he says he is. You believe God is who he says. Not because of what they've done. It's because you believe. See, it's an action word. There has to be a demonstration and a continuous demonstration. It does not weaken. It gets stronger. So don't be in a place where your faith is dead because you just view the word of God and these warnings as good reading. And you don't act upon it. For 40 years, he brought the message. He brought the prophecies, thus say the Lord. It wasn't what he was saying, it's what what God was saying. Try him. Not Jeremiah, try God. You know, he wasn't talking about what he thought he knew. They knew the same thing. But again, when you don't act on it, it's just information. What separates you from anybody? It's your faith that makes you righteous. And faith has to be activated if it's living as God is living. We don't serve a dead God. We serve a living God. So let's get to Matthew uh, chapter 19 and let's look at verse 28. And this would be Jesus speaking. I have the red letter edition and the word of God says this. Matthew 19 verse 28. So Jesus said to them, it surely I say to you that in the regeneration, when the son of man sits on the throne of his glory, you will have followed me, will also sit on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Man, it does not get clearer than that. Regeneration, as Pastor Terry spoke last week, the Holy Spirit is the agent of regeneration. You want to be in a position where... You're born twice and die once. You have the natural birth where you come through your mother's womb. And then you have the rebirth uh, when you become in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? So that's where you get the term born again. Then the one death that you have will be the physical death. And the body that we have is going to die. But then you will be able to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ at the appointed time and be glorified and be glorified as he is glorified. You will have your glorified body. That's what the scriptures say. Amen. Get excited about that. Get excited about the Jeremiah's that are in your midst who are not sugarcoating things, who are identifying things for you. And it's lining up with scripture. That's the most important thing is that it's lining up with scripture. They are not going off on their own tangents. This is not their philosophy. It's not their dreams. 
is what God says. You know, the time for dreams have passed. It's the full revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ has available to you. From Genesis to Revelation. There's no need to interpret dreams. The word of God is here in its fullness for you. I'm not saying that people don't dream. But the word of God is here. So if you want to know what God is saying. And you want to know what his standards are. His precepts are. Anything that you need. Uh, the definitive answer. And like I said definitive the answer, then it's right here in his word. And if we look at verse 29, and again, we're in Matthew 19. We just read verse 28, uh, still red letter. Jesus is still speaking. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Verse 30, but many who are first will be last and the last first. Whew! That is a covenant promise. You got that coming because Jesus says so. You don't have to interpret what he says. It is very clear here. This is what's to come. This is a glimpse of Christ's leadership team to come. You ought to get excited about that. Now, the shepherd analogy used by Jeremiah would have been well known to the corrupt Pharisees to whom Jesus directed his bad shepherd analogy in John 10. That would be the gospel of John chapter 10. After they had kicked the healed and previously blind man out of the synagogue in John 9. There's no question that they knew Jesus was talking about them when he spoke of the bad shepherds. So let's look at a correlation in the New Testament, if you will. Uh, during Jesus' time, uh, corruption was a big problem. It probably is not the biggest problem uh, that was Jesus faced with with the leaders. That would be the Pharisees, okay? And you may ask yourself, well, what is a Pharisee? A Pharisee is a member of an ancient Jewish sect distinguished by strict observance of the traditional and written law and commonly held to have pretensions to superior sanctity. (laughs) They were the highest of the high. You could never question a Pharisee. So let's look at uh, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 9. And we're going to look at a few verses and uh, show you uh, some things here. You know, we're talking about, you know, corruption. We're talking about those who scatter uh, Jesus' sheep. And uh, we will get back to Jeremiah 23. But I just want to show you a correlation in uh, the New Testament so you can get an understanding that, uh, you know, the Godhead is very aware, amen, of what's going on. Uh, they have not forgotten at all, and they will render judgment. Be assured of that. That's not our job. That's God's job, amen? So let's look at John chapter 9, and um, we're going to read a, a couple of verses here. Verse 1, now as Jesus passed by, 
he saw a man who was blind from birth. Two, and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, this is verse 3, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. For must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Five, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Six, when he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind and with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated to scent. So he went and washed and came back seen. Eight, therefore the neighbor and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is not this he who sat and begged? Nine, some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. He said, I am he. Ten, therefore they said to him, how were your eyes opened? And he answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Twelve. And they said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. Thirteen. They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. 14. Now it was the Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. 15. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. 16. Therefore some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such things? And there was a division among them. 17. And they said to the blind man again, What do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. 18. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. 19. And they asked them saying, Is this your son whom you say was born blind? How then does he now see? 20. His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind. 21. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him. He will speak for himself. 22. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was a Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. 23. Therefore his parents said, He is of age, ask him. All right. Now, if we look back over the verses that I've just read, it's clear that the Pharisees are trying to do something here. And they were under the model or the paradigm 
that sickness was a result of sin. Jesus set the record straight in verse 3. Because the disciples asked him in the earlier verse, I want to say, let's go back to verse 2. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And then Jesus answered in verse 3, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. For must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Five, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So Jesus said it straight. He said that the man didn't sin. He was made blind. So that the works of God could be manifested. God is the God of miracle signs and wonders. So it had to be only God that could heal him. Because it wasn't sin that caused him to be blind. But it was the paradigm, if you will. It was the model of the Jews at that particular time in leadership. You know, those, the Pharisees, that... Sin was the reason why this man was blind. Sin was the reason why things happened to you. So, we see Jesus setting the record straight in verse 3. The Pharisees weren't happy at all. This blew up their model. This blew up their paradigm. This was a way that they can control people. You, You didn't... Create people. So why are they yours to control? (laughs) Like I said. Jesus blew that up. And they were heated. You hear me? Very heated. So. Here we go. What are you going to do? Are you going to. Appreciate the revelation. And get on board. With Jesus, are you going to constantly be in disobedience and rebellion and oppress the people? This man was being oppressed because he was healed by our Lord and Savior. So what did they do? First thing the Pharisees did was they discounted the miracle that Jesus had performed. They said, well, no godly healer would heal on the Sabbath. Rules and regulations as to when someone can be healed and on what day they can be healed, right? Then they questioned his parents. And the parents were so afraid that they were going to be thrown out of the synagogue, outcast. They say, ask him. He's of age. We don't know anything. And then they wanted to use their power to throw people out of the synagogue. Who had no control over their healing whatsoever. Their job was to speak the truth. To give the testimony. And give credit where credit was due. Pharisees were not happy at all. So as you can see. We're still dealing with corruption. We're still dealing with when things don't go a certain leader's way. 
may he be acting in the stead of a pastor. May he be working as a minister. May he be working as an evangelist or even a leader of people, political leaders that have been given the duty to govern over the people. Well, that's what Jeremiah was talking about. You don't get to usurp the word of God. You don't get to substitute your beliefs and philosophies. Interpretations of your dreams. Over the word of God. Because when you do that. You scatter. The sheep. And they're not your sheep. And you will bring holy Hell fire upon yourself. And not only yourself, but your household. Why would anybody want to have that happen? That's why Jeremiah's message of repentance so resonates today. Now, we're going to go to John chapter 10 of the gospel. We're going to go over one more. And uh, let's look at this, because this is important. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are familiar with John chapter 10 because it speaks of the good shepherd. And we know that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is the good shepherd. Amen. So the gospel of John chapter 10, again, I'm in the New King James Version. And verse 1 says this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber too. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Three, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Four, and When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Five, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. But they do not know the voice of strangers. Six, Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Seven, then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Eight, All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Nine, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Ten, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Eleven, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep 12 but a hireling he who is not the shepherd one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them 13 the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep 14 i am the good shepherd i know my sheep and i know my own 
15, and the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. 16, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and they will be and excuse me, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. 17. Therefore, my father loves me because I laid down my life and I may take it again. 18. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. 19. And therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings, 20, and many of them say, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? 21, others say, they, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? <laughs> so, we see here again, in chapter 10, John, the gospel the thieves and the robbers are the Pharisees. The shepherd, which is the good shepherd, is Jesus. The stranger is a reference to the Pharisees. The door is Jesus. A hireling is a reference to the Pharisees. And the other sheep are a reference to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. The Pharisees knew very well that Jesus was speaking to them and talking about them. So let's get back over to uh, Jeremiah 23. I wanted you to see how this was still playing out in Jesus' time. You have to understand how far in advance the prophecy of Jeremiah came and then still uh, what Jesus had to encounter and what we are still encountering, those who walk in the spirit of Jeremiah. Don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged. Please proclaim the word of God. You know, the hard truth. Because that is what a person's going to need. We cannot sugarcoat things. It's people's souls are at stake. Very souls. You know, the, the name of the program is Save the Lost at All Costs. And it's that for a reason. That's what God gave me. Because it is Save the Lost at All Costs. Because, you know, Jesus said in his word that, you know, when the night comes, as long as he's in the realm. You know what I mean? He's the light of the world. But when 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 that's over... Guess what? There won't be time. There, there can be no more work done. There can be no more saving work done. It's important that we share this with people because salvation is the only thing that's going to get you eternal life. And you have to repent. You have to turn from that thing that separated you from God. You cannot have a rebirth. A regeneration and have the Holy Spirit dwell in you and there's no evidence. Like I talked earlier about dead faith. It's just information. The word of God has told us today. He knows who his sheep are. We have a real opportunity. To hear and follow his voice only. It's important that we get this. Amen. And that you should appreciate a person like Jeremiah for his obedience to the Lord. It's something wrong 
when we keep listening to people who are misleading us. There's something wrong about that. And you can hear it in God's declaration to Jeremiah. He's going to put that rebellion down. And verse 40 should definitely pique your ears. Because it says here, again, I'm in Jeremiah 23, verse 40. And I will bring an everlasting reproach upon you and a perpetual shame which shall not be forgotten. What do you think everlasting means? It does not end. Perpetual. It never ends. Who would want that? You know, God has to perform his word. It will be performed. It will happen. It will come to pass. Repentance is the gift that you have. So that you can be a part of the righteous. Don't take that for granted. Purpose your heart to do it. That's the only difference between you and a person who doesn't have a relationship. Is that you have the gift of repentance going for you. They don't. Relationship has its privileges. Amen? So, when we look at some verses here. And if we look at verse 11 of Jeremiah 23, it says, Both prophet and priest are profane. Yes, in my house I have found their wickedness, says the Lord. In this particular context, there's no difference. You don't get to hide behind your priestly garments. You don't get to hide behind speaking the word of God. Because God knew their heart in this particular case. And it was profane. It was not a heart for God. It was a heart for themselves. And you can only have one master. You're going to love one and hate the other. You're going to serve one and not serve the other. Verse 12. Therefore, their way shall be to them like slippery ways. In the darkness they shall be driven on and fall in them. For I will bring disaster on them. The year of their punishment, says the Lord. You have to catch right here. It says that their way. It's not God's way. If it's their way, it's not God's way. And this is why this is befalling upon them. 14. I have seen a horrible thing in the prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They also strengthen their hands of evildoers. They also strengthen the hands of evildoers so that no one turns back from his wickedness. All of them are like Sodom to me. And her inhabitants like Gomorrah. What's the difference here? 
God is making it very distinct. There's no difference between his prophets, the ones that call him themselves and want to masquerade as the ones that God has called. No, they're pretenders. They're false. And they strengthen the hand of the evildoer. They're working hand in hand. There's no difference here. But they want to give the appearance that they're godly and that they've been sent of God. No, they haven't. Verse 21. I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. He said he hasn't even spoken to them, which means he hasn't even called them. They were not called, nor were they chosen. They're very good actors. 25. I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesied lies in my name. Saying, I have dreamed. I have dreamed. (laughs) No. He said, prophesied lies in my name. Man, you got to understand, God is not playing. Verse 30. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophet, says the Lord, who steals my words, every one from his neighbor. Then let's look at 31. Behold, I am against the prophet, says the Lord, who use their tongues and say, he says, 32. Behold, I am against those who prophesied false dreams, says the Lord, and tell them and cause my people to err by their lies, by their recklessness. Yet I did not send them or command them. Therefore, they shall not profit this people at all, says the Lord. Get excited about that. God is not food. Be encouraged by Jeremiah 23. I encourage you to read it again in its entirety. Soak it up. You know, we touched on the surface today. But it's a very right now message. If God didn't send them, if God didn't call them, It has to be one other person that did, and that's Satan. We love you. Save the loss at all costs. God bless. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, 